And I'm recording. I am also recording. Let's, um, let me turn off the switch. I wasn't playing that while we were talking about <laughs> computer problems. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, when, when, when there is such riveting topic of discussion as my laptop won't turn on. <laughs> here, here we are. Here we are. Here we go. This is it. This is it. This is I gotta, it. I gotta, I gotta say, I was way happier not watching the Swamp Princess movie. It, it, it was surprising how, how much I was watching this and just having a good time. I So I didn't expect to have a good time at all in this movie because I expected it to be what? basically, yeah, basically just pretty bad. Have you never seen the have you never seen this movie? I think I saw it when I was like seven. Yeah, I saw it when I was like five or six. And like you don't know from good movies when you're that age. So like I kind of expected it to be terrible. And he Instead I just got mad at it when it stopped being super good. Like it was it was pretty good for most of it and for some of it, it was pretty, pretty bad. And I got really annoyed when it was pretty bad. It, it, it hits a point where I realized, oh, the, the, the localization team. It's, it's the localization. And we're, we are absolutely going to talk about localization because it ruined this very good movie. <laughs> it, I, right, so I, did you also watch it subbed and dubbed? Because I did that. You watched, oh, wow. Oh, wow. No, I just watched it. Uh, I, I got it from Hoopla. And it was getting so, like... The f- the first, like, three quarters was really good. And the last quarter was, like, so weird that I, that I like, paused the movie and looked up differences <laughs> to see if this was a <laughs> translation problem. And it 100% is. It is so wild how like because the the movies are nine like 90 percent basically the same like the the arc <clears throat> of the story the arc of the story is exactly the same but the changes that they did make were like destroy um Mewtwo's motivations and purpose in this and, film. like subtlety the subtlety of Mewtwo okay we have to <laughs> welcome to direct a video VHS, a podcast where we pair movies like fine wine. <laughs> this this one's vintage. A cl- a classic vintage. A um, what is this? Ninety eight. I think I think the uh, original film was released in ninety eight, but I think it was released in the U.S. in ninety nine. Okay. <laughs> so this is peak Pokemania. I'm not moving on until you acknowledge that pun. What? Uh, maybe you didn't hear it. Now I feel bad if I repeat myself. <laughs> when you said this is when you said this is peak, I said ah shoot. Ah. Uh. <laughs> See, that's all I needed. I was saying. Ah. 
I'm a little too young to remember like when Pokemon started sweeping the nation because by the time I was like eight, Pokemon was already just like everyone was just like, yeah, Pokemon is a thing where right. we've all accepted it. Like my parents knew what Pokemon was and they knew that I wasn't allowed to watch it. <laughs> Why? Is Pokemon too violent for your household? No, it was too violent for me specifically. Oh, okay. You're one of those kids. Yeah, I was a very I was a very active child and uh apparently like some some shows it wasn't that they were too violent, it's that I got like so hyped um that they were worried that I would like hurt myself. You could only watch the blandest commercials. The yeah, you know, like I, I don't know, right? Like, I remember some of those, like, Airheads commercials, and they were, like, way too intense for me. That's what I'm saying. You can't do Airheads. You can't do Gushers. Uh, this excuse me, why are you screaming? Yelling at my cat. Go on. <laughs> this movie, my cousin owned this movie on VHS. And I would secretly borrow it from him. Some would call this stealing. Yes, to watch on. it at my house and then <laughs> secretly give it back. <laughs> I like the secretly giving back. It has a, an amount of like planning ahead. So I have a lot of history with this movie. But like Pokemon was huge in my childhood. I mean, I I dis- I remember very distinctly like playing with the neighbor kid playing Pokemon and like all of my brothers and we had um i forget what it was it was like a cereal box thing where you where they had like gym badges yeah and you could like oh, punch man. them out and we would like use those as gym badges like it was it was huge so this movie gets kind of a treatment right like this is <laughs> this is a really good looking movie like i didn't expect it honestly because for two reasons one if you look at the cover of this movie, at least the one on the like um, video rental thing that I got was looked very generic it, and uninteresting. It looks, it looks really bad. It looks like just it's so much information. And then two, I'm st- I still vividly remember watching Pyramid of Light with you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Yu-Gi-Oh! colon, the movie colon, Pyramid of Lights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was so bad. Like, the animation and storytelling were so poorly done that that was immediately what I expected out of this movie, too. The difference, I believe, being that the Yu-Gi-Oh! one was made by Americans. And this yes. movie was just translated poorly by Americans. By Americans, yeah. So, you know, we we, we, we put a little more effort into ruining Yu-Gi-Oh, I guess. <laughs> I, I have to check something for my own just, like, dastardly, dastardly knowledge. <laughs> wow, Pyramid of Light is, like, what, three? It's only three, four, five, about five years after um, the Pokemon movie. So, which sounds about right. I feel like they got big around the same time, but obviously Pokemon has like way more staying oh, power. So I'm about to, I'm about to I'm about to throw some knowledge at you, okay? Yeah, yeah. So Yu-Gi-Oh and the Pyramid of Light had a budget 
of about $20 million. Okay. Its worldwide gross was $29 million. <laughs> okay, that's such which, a small margin. Which sounds movie. about right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they made their money back, but geez. And okay, maybe they sold some cards off of it. Yeah, right. That's kind of the thing is, is you, you well, they were and they were giving out free cards for that one too, right? Like if you went to a certain theater, you would get one mm-hmm. of the, you get the one promo of the, card. Yeah, one of the promos. The like, the like blue eyes shining. Mm-hmm. Pokemon, the first movie dash Mewtwo Strikes Back. Also, uh, also <laughs> two subtitles. Although I think the name is Mewtwo Strikes Back, and somebody decided that kids weren't going to get it. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't gonna know. And so they were like, "Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back." <laughs> Mewtwo Strikes Back. Which is weird because Mewtwo didn't even get struck. <laughs> That's, he has he he. Well, he's doing the striking. He's striking back. That title makes Wait. a lot more sense in Japanese. It's just like where where you he know, openly Star Wars says Empire Strikes Back is the second movie. Oh my god! Actually, sorry, I I, I have to ask you this later. Actually, I'm gonna hold on hold off on that because I just realized something that maybe you didn't see the whole movie. Oh, are you talking about the 10-minute intro that I missed out on? Well, it's more like 20 minutes, but yeah. Yeah, because I was looking up differences, and I saw that, and the fact... Honestly, finding out that it existed put so many things in place for me. Yeah, okay, that's... Because even though I liked a lot of this movie, I remember sitting there being like, why is Mewtwo making a storm? This is stupid. I got that 20 minute prologue and I was sitting there and I was like, I don't remember any of this happening. Holy <laughs> shit. Um, this movie's way better than I remember it being. What's going on? So this movie had a budget of $30 million. Okay. Which is not that much. That's um, not that much, really. In 99, right? Like your average Disney film is running you, you know, 50 to $100 million. The gr- worldwide gross for Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back, was $163 million. Damn. Which is... which is Hot damn. Holy shit. So do, you think, I, do you think at that point, at that point, the Pokemon company was like, oh shit. I oh guess... Shit. I, I guess we'll start planning on being here forever. Forever. <laughs> I guess this is forever now. He, here's here's the thing: is this this is this is this isn't like a an amazing profit. This it's is five a big times enough what they spent. Yeah, this is big enough profit though that Warner Brothers immediately is like, "Hey, let us make a live action movie," and the Pokemon Company says no. Thank God, or else we would have had to watch that movie for our second one, and it would have been bad. Yeah, so so Warner Brothers actually like did under the Kids WB license did publish this. This was back when when Pokemon was still under the Kids WB banner. Mm-hmm. For Kids TV, always always fun, uh, always fun dubbers and publishers. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, every like movie studio in Hollywood pitches a live action movie to the Pokemon company at this point. 
and they're mm. and and like the Pokemon company is like blacklisting. Like, no, it's not going to happen. We retain like exclusive one hundred percent creative control over this franchise. And I I agree with you. I think that is definitely the smart move, right? Because like, can kind you imagine? Bold move, though. I mean, although maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Wasn't it like ten years earlier that the Mario Brothers movie was made? Yes, but so so not so even. Like I think the, I think the so Mario like Brothers the movie came out. Company, the Pokemon company is probably like you guys don't make good live action movies. <laughs> Yeah, I think the Mario movie came out in 98, actually. So this is, like, oh, fresh. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Absolutely. I would not be letting anyone in Hollywood touch a video game movie. <laughs> I mean, like, Nintendo, Nintendo, like, has has no say in what the Pokemon company does. Mm. Um, right? But the fact that I think, I th- I definitely think Pokemon company saw that. And we're like, we're just going to keep this in house because we're doing great. Like, we don't need, we don't need like a live action movie to 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 make Pokemon popular with kids in America. It's already the biggest thing in the world, right? Everybody already owns a Pikachu. Yeah, right. I have a fucking Pikachu plush like right behind me, and a Bulbasaur. I got Eevee somewhere. I don't know where it is. I just like looked over to my right and like a serial killer in a movie. There's just a Pokemon hat sitting there. And I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) (laughs) am I a fan of Pokemon? What's happening? (laughs) We zoom out on Andy's wearing a Pokemon shirt. Oh, I wish. I don't think I own. No, I do. I own a I do own a Pokemon shirt. I own a a, a a Virilian gym shirt vermilion vermilion is it vermilion or viridian i don't know well, i own the gym that misty's from and viridian right it's yeah it's the gym that misty's from i i own that shirt i got it off of um fan gamer i think way back when i think that's vermilion because i think the the color right is blue but wait isn't it cerulean is her gym oh it could you know what you're right it's it's cerulean you're right. Here I am yeah. thinking about the names of colors when we're supposed to be trying to watch a new life being brought into the world. This is majestic, Andy. So my dubbed version of this movie does have those first 10 minutes because apparently they did dub them. Really? Yeah. Shocking. And I assume they cut it out just to make the movie shorter, but it's already like only 80 minutes. Yeah, it's it's not a long movie. I can kind of understand. So correct me if I'm wrong. But the first like 10, 20 minutes is like a dream sequence. Uh, So what does that mean? So the the first time or like a memory, like a like a hereditary memory, like a um, uh, what's what's the thing from Assassin's Creed? A genetic memory. Yeah, I was trying to think of the, the, the fake time travel place they have, but I can't think of so, it. So you got you got you got the oh right, what what that what what the fuck was that thing called? Animus. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah. So yeah. So it's like you, it's like Mewtwo is in Animus C and Mew's memories. I'm gonna start describing this and and I know it's gonna sound familiar, but just wait until I get to to the thing, okay? Okay. 
So a group of scientists are walking around not Mayan ruins looking for the legendary Pokemon Mew. When you said um, sound familiar, did you did you mean that it sounds a lot like the beginning of Yu-Gi-Oh! Pyramid of Light? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to diverge... Go we're going to diverge so quickly. So we find out through some over, we find out that um, through some um, narration um, from the lead scientist that they've been funded by enigmatic multimillionaire mafioso Giovanni to, sure. to for this expedition. Which, which um, wildly is not really explained in the American version. You can kind of pick up on that, but it's not set out right. It's weird. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely like not not brought up ever again. Um, so, but this scientist has a has a higher higher goals for for this um, from for the from this project than just <laughs> finding a strong Pokemon. Um, they find some genetic material. Gross. They find some genetic material for Mew, but they never find Mew themselves. And Mew has like floating around the entire time, like a like a trickster god, just kind of watching them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this Doctor Wily looking ass motherfucker has cloned Mew and has called this clone Mew Two, which is actually a very Doctor Wily move. It is a very Dr. Wily move. Mewtwo is in this like Bacta tank and it's mm-hmm. hooked up to all of these other Bacta tanks that are also filled with other Pokemon clones. They have a Charmander, a Bulbasaur, and a Squirtle. Huh. Um, and there's a fourth tube, but we don't get to see what's in it. Um, Mewtwo telepathically connects to the other clones and brings them into his mind space. And we find out that one of these clones is a little girl. Um, she oh, because, is... because Mewtwo has human genetic material. No. Dang. Okay, keep going. This, this little girl is Dr. Wily's. His name isn't actually Dr. Wily, but I don't know what else to call him. Is well, Dr. Wily's Dr. daughter. Wiley. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Is, is his daughter that he has been trying to bring back to life forever we then get a flashback where he dis- he's explaining to his wife that he has recreated the, his, their daughter into a ball of plasma light in a tube and she leaves him because sure. of his obsession <laughs> because and then we he's cut- crazy now and also she's probably pretty sad he keeps bringing this up yeah well yeah and so <laughs> um we cut back and he's like this is my only chance. Mewtwo is the key to bringing my daughter back. We then go back into Mewtwo's mind space in which his daughter shows him her remember place. That's what she calls it. Uh-huh, her mind palace. Uh, which is the home where she is from and her neighborhood. And she describes to Mewtwo the sun and like what wind is. And Mewtwo's like, this is all so strange and weird to me. And she's like, and then... All of the Pokemon start dying and they start like fading into sparkles. And the little girl also starts fading into sparkles. And Mewtwo's like, what's happening? And she's like, listen, my dad once told me a bedtime story. He said that even when you feel alone, look up at the stars to remind yourself that there's more out there. 
Mewtwo starts crying and is like, I'm feeling these emotions and I don't know what these emotions are. And she's like, you shouldn't feel sad right now because you're alive and being alive is wonderful. And then she dies. Holy God. (laughs) And then Mewtwo wipes away his tears and he says, these tears, what good are they if I can't do anything with them? Uh, He then starts going ape shit. And destroying the laboratory, and Dr. Wily's like, ah, I guess my daughter's dead. Sedate Mewtwo with the 100 cc's of, of serum so that he doesn't kill everyone. Oh. And so after, so after this is when I see Mewtwo wake up? Yes. We then skip forward like a decade. <laughs> oh my god. So you can see why why they cut this out. The immediate depth of this movie is pretty incredible. I know why they cut it out. They cut it out because they wanted Mewtwo to just be the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Because you can't have a bad guy that's emotionally resonant, right? Yeah, I mean, I actually saw an interview with this. The, uh, the the interview with one of the one of the um, I guess heads of the of the translation at the time, and he said that like they didn't think kids would get Mewtwo unless he was just like he's the bad guy, the you know the regular heroes are the good guys, and I that like erases so much of his complexity. <laughs> and here's the thing. Is they didn't even do a super good job of that because I already see Mewtwo as a very complex character. Yeah, like it's Mewtwo is asking a lot of questions in even in like the prologue that you get because this movie does have two prologues. But even in the prologue uh-huh. that you see, right? Like Mewtwo is asking a lot of questions that like no, none of these scientists have ever taken an ethics class. They are not prepared to answer them for him. Yeah, seriously, he's like, "What am I? Why do I exist?" What is the purpose of life? And it's like, dude, you are on like minute one. <laughs> Take a breath. But yeah, because Mewtwo is actually like a super genius. Mm-hmm. There, There is a slight, there are some slight differences between this prologue that they translated and the the, Japan, the original Japanese version. I cannot mm-hmm. believe that I'm, I am saying this. I This is, this is weeb-ass shit that I like hate doing, but... But I do think these differences matter because even in the the translated prologue, Mewtwo's questions are very aggressive, right? Like mm-hmm. he's not asking he's he's asking things like, "What is my purpose?" and um, he he cares a lot about destiny. He honestly feels a lot like a Dragon Ball Z character in this moment. This guy uh, seems pretty strong. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, yeah, though. Where it's just like, he knows he's very powerful, and he's like, what do I do with this power, basically? In in the Japanese version, his primary question is not like, is not what is my purpose, it's, it's like, it's who am I? Which he also, he also asked that question, but in, in the Japanese version, it really is just like, is the follow-up question in the English version is, 
um, what is my destiny? Mm-hmm. Um, but in the Japanese version, it's if all I am is power, then that's all I will be. <laughs> Damn. Right. Like he 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 immediately is like, maybe it would be better for especially after the Giovanni stuff, which I don't know if you saw if you got all of it. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think. OK, so I don't know if you know this. Uh-huh. Um, but the Giovanni stuff actually ties in with the TV show so they can't delete it. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, so I didn't when, know this. When, when Mewtwo, is, when Mewtwo is fighting for Giovanni, he is fighting in his gym. Yeah. And one of the characters that is beaten is uh, Gary Oak. Yes. Um, and he is like he is like in that scene early on, like you can only see his back, but like if you but you know it's you him. Watch the you can TV tell. show, he wears a purple shirt and has spiky brown hair, like you know it's him. Yeah. Um, and there's an episode that's like just after Gary got fucking beat by the last gym leader, and Ash goes in. I don't remember any episodes of Pokemon, but I remember <laughs> this one. You remember this. And Ash goes in to challenge this, um, to challenge this gym, but Mewtwo has escaped. And so Giovanni is going after Mewtwo. So he leaves uh, the normal Team Rocket to fight Ash. And of oh course they God. get creamed because they can't beat him. And Gary's like, what happened? How did you beat that thing? It was crazy. Hold on a second. But in this movie, when Mewtwo leaves, Mewtwo blows the shit out of this entire mansion. This fucking Winchester mystery house that Giovanni lives in. It looks like he kills Giovanni, and I know he doesn't, but it would it would have been radical if he did. Mewtwo leaves such a trail of destruction that he's like a horror movie monster. He's Godzilla tier, right? Like he is like a walking nuclear explosion. That's what he is if you're thinking like a like a Japanese film. But I was watching it, and especially when you get to Mewtwo's castle, I was like, "Oh, it's alien. It's yeah. like it, it's like very yeah. HR Giger." And is it's one of the things I really liked about this movie was seeing these characters from a kids show for children basically walk around for the set of Alien of Alien, yeah. <laughs> And being like, what the fuck is happening? I want to talk a little bit about Giovanni, who who I think it, it sticks around Pokemon for like the next seven seasons before I think finally just kind of being shelved. But he never Does he's he never really? more than like a Palpatine shadow man. Yeah, he sticks around for a while. He's just not that interesting, especially when you compare when you take into account the fact that he is, I would say, the main bad guy in the first video game. He is beaten by a 10-year-old, and then he's never seen again in the games. I guess he's in, like, the the, the moon, sun and moon ultra or something, like, for yes. a second. But, like, just to kind of that's, be like, around. 20 years later. <laughs> but, but Giovanni does have some, some things that he does that are bananas. One is oh he gives God. Mewtwo halo armor. He does. And I he says it's to control his power. Or maybe and maybe it is. But honestly, it made me wonder, like, is this just to hide what Mewtwo is? 
Just like, for the reveal, f- for the prestige. I feel like... I, but I feel like that's actually what it was in the show. Because yeah. I bet you I bet you see Mewtwo in the Halo armor in the show. And you're like, what's up with that? And you're like, what's up with that? It turns out it's Mewtwo. Um, Here's my, my kind of my jive here is, one, that's got to be against the rules, right? Like... He's a gangster, Andy. <laughs> no, uh, that's fair, all right? But, like, the Pokemon League has rules. Like, <laughs> you I can't mean, just send they? a Pokemon out, fucking master chiefed up with a gun, be like, <laughs> all right, Pikachu, use Glock. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, okay, tell that to Blastoise, though, Andy. No, but that's part of his body. You can't, right? Like, I didn't, you don't give no, I... Blastoise... I understand and even agree with what you're saying, <laughs> but I don't know if there are rules. Honestly, if you gave a Pokemon a gun and they were like able to use it, would the judges be like, "All right, there's no rule against it"? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you give there's... them like a berry, but instead of using it to uh, to heal, you use it to kill your opponent instantly. Right. There's no rule against a Growlithe playing uh, basketball. (laughs) So, where we left off before the car and computer troubles uh, (laughs) is we kind of we kind of did the the intro to the the dub version, the version I watched, right, where he talks to these scientists, gets really aggro, and destroys the whole facility. Yep. In like a horror movie situation, it kind of like if you were playing like a Bioshock game, this would have been what happened before the Bioshock game. Yes, yes, but uh, Mewtwo is very much the party. Wherever he goes, uh, that's where the fireworks are. So G- <laughs> Giovanni tries to capitalize on it. Uh, Mewtwo obviously isn't having it. It worked for a little while, but Giovanni's the. I know you said it was crazy that he put him in Halo armor, but it was crazy that he's like, your purpose is to be my slave. As though all the stuff leading up to this made it very clear Mewtwo would be into that. (laughs) Giovanni has to be the most incompetent motherfucker on the planet, right? Like if he had just walked up and been like, hey, listen, until you find your purpose, you can just work for me. The wild thing is, if he had given Mewtwo a damn paycheck, Mewtwo probably would have been like, yeah, okay, this is what humans do. I am equal to a human. And then he could have had in his employee the most powerful Pokemon. But he just doesn't. He has this, like, I guess, need to, like, lord over this creature that he is the boss. It's it's Palp- It's Emperor Palpatine shit, right? Like... There is no reason for anything resembling a human being to be this evil. <laughs> without per- without purpose. Like, what's Giovanni's plan? To take over the world. All right, but, like, how? <laughs> I'm going to steal all the buffalo. <laughs> he does do that. I don't know if there is a plan. I-, I don't know if the show or the movies or whatever ever get into Giovanni's plan plan. But I had always thought it was very basic, which is that, like, in the world of Pokemon, the person with the strongest Pokemon would make the rules, right? Because at least in, like, the game version, that's kind of feel that kind of feels like what, what happens, because it's always some criminals come in, and they'll only leave if you have stronger Pokemon and start attacking them. If you apply that logic, 
then there's this idea that, like, maybe the reason Giovanni wanted you to was just, like, generally at some point he could be like, I'm stronger than you, Lance. What are you going to do about it? It's wild, though, right? Because Pokemon is such a, like, an idyllic society. What possible power... What does he gain from usurping, like, the status quo of the current power structure of the world of Pokemon? Like... I mean, without going too deep into it, what even what even is the current power structure of the world of Pokemon? All we know about is their professional sports, which is Pokemon. That's, that is true, I guess. It's like it's like if an alien only had access to ESPN and also and had to somehow figure out like what democracy <laughs> is. <laughs> that is basically, yeah, our view into the Pokemon world. But it's not even ESPN. It would be like, and I don't know if this network exists, ESPN Kids. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like, literally the whole time it's from like the point of view of a 10 year old. And he doesn't care about politics. There is not an ESPN Kids. That's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Honestly, that seems like money on the table. Right? I mean, I guess, I don't know, like, there, there's a huge contingent of people who love watching Little League games. I'm sure that you could get that, uh, that economy to go. There is a stage of capitalism. I just want some young adult announcers. Just like, just I, guess, I guess you get that if you go to, like, a high school game or something. Although not always. No, I think my high school, the the foot, the person doing all of the football announcements was like, I think one of the geometry teachers. It's always the math teachers who are doing all the sports stuff. Isn't that weird? Uh-huh. It's because they it's because they like sports. <laughs> no. I, I'll tell you this, Tony. I I had no interest in sports until I started doing like pretty hardcore statistics and then I got really <laughs> into baseball again. <laughs> You're like, ooh, averages. Oh my god. Baseball is like base I don't know what it is, but sabermetrics, which is the word to describe baseball statistics. Mm-hmm. Um it it's like it's like an entire field of people making up metrics to complain about. You they will just make up a new thing, start ranking everybody on it, and then start complaining about how nobody cares about this new thing they made up and how people should care. That's kind of great. It's amazing. I care. Uh, I also think baseball is just like a a, a boring sport. Um, after after two prologues. Speaking of kids, there is a moment in this movie where the animation gets, I don't know if worse is the right phrase, but it gets different. Uh, and it's the moment that Ash shows up. Like it's the moment when this starts to be like a TV show. Yeah, so I think part of it is, so this is back in the, we're talking like, you know, late 90s. This was back when WB Kids and 4Kids Entertainment would overdraw cells to kind of make the lip flaps match up better. And I I think there's a little bit of that going on. Of course, they don't have to do that for Mewtwo because he talks with his brain. Yeah. He's psychic. Okay. That's why Mewtwo always looks better. There's there's a there's a, a a a big so there are two dubbing I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of dubbing. There are two there are two huge players right now in the field of dubbing anime in the 90s. You have Four Kids Entertainment, 
Um, they have Pokemon, they have Yu-Gi-Oh, they have Beyblade, pretty much anything that you could play on a Saturday morning cartoon, that's what they're doing. And then you have Funimation, who at this time, I believe, are doing the Dragon Balls and Cowboy Bebop. But but they have they have two different ethos for for dubbing, right? Like right. four kids four kids was actively rewriting shows and re-editing them to make them fit a particular style and format that they thought was more marketable towards American kids. It sort of made all of them feel a little samey. Yes. Especially because there are not that many different voice actors at yeah. this time in this field. And, and you will start hearing repeats. You'll be like, why is this fisherman in Pokemon so exactly like Yu-Gi-Oh? He's not so serious. Like, he's going to play a trap card. Yeah, once you get to Dinosaur King and it's just all of the same voice actors again. Hey, man, you are not allowed to bring up Dinosaur King because I just read the craziest Tumblr post about Dinosaur King and I refuse to, like, start talking about it because it's the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever read. Um, so, like, don't actually. <laughs> all right, that's fair. That's fair. But, like, right, but, like, Funimation has the same problem, right, where, like, Funimation at the time had, like, 15 voice actors and like mm-hmm. you would hear them in everything that Funimation did. They kind of still have that problem, TBH, but they were purists. They were very much like, we're not even going to edit the mouth flaps. We're going to rewrite and translate the dialogue so that it closely hues to the mouth flaps that we have as much as possible. I think both of those different aesthetics kind of have their pros and cons. I have a question yeah. and you, you might know this. You might not. I might not. Has like the larger use of more complicated computers, has this changed this so that editing the mouth flaps is not as big a deal anymore? Because I feel like dubbing is a lot less crazy now. Yes, it is definitely. Yes, it the there's a lot more leeway because of the the shift to digital. But the the big change actually came with I think it was Funimation started doing this. Funimation started being able to like turn around translations like in season. I don't remember what show they did this with. It might have been the original Full Metal Alchemist, but like Full Metal Alchemist was coming out in English a week after the Japanese episode aired. That's pretty incredible when you think about it. That is that hey, here's what here's what here's what I'll say. It it was not only incredible, it was impossible to keep up with the amount of money that they had. <laughs> so they got away with it because all of their voice actors were and are severely underpaid. Four Kids was almost always consistently a season behind. And so once you start getting fans old enough to start hunting for the Japanese episodes online, you're losing that viewer base, right? Because they're just like, well, I'm just going to watch the subtitled episodes. I got to find out what happens next season with Ash and Ash Charizard. And Pokemon is the one show I think that that is not true for though cuz like I I don't like for I don't know what like the status of four kids' existence is but they like were the Pokemon people I think until like 2013. I feel like at some point four kids really fell out of vogue as like yes. like people like the Japanese people did not want to work with them anymore. And then they might have gotten bought by animation by Funimation. You are you are absolutely correct that that happened because if I remember correctly, if you go Funimation, by the way, as of earlier this year, also no longer exists because it, I think it is now just Crunchyroll. But yeah, you're right because um, Funimation got the rights 
into um, Sailor Moon at some point and redubbed all of Sailor Moon to be more accurate. I'm, I'm talking about the 1990s Sailor Moon, not not the yeah, newer yeah, one. Yeah. To to hew more closely to the Japanese um, version of the show because the American version at that time had been heavily re-edited and like restructured. Sailor Moon is maybe the most heavily, like the most famously heavily heavily re-edited anime like in existence. Yeah, so May has just recently started rewatching it and I was like, "Oh, so you're watching the redub, right?" And she was like, "Redub?" And I was like, "Oh, you haven't seen anything yet." And I played her one episode. Uh I think we got through two episodes of the original dub and it was like night and day. It's completely different. And that's even before there's like the whole thing where they have to erase Sailor Moon being by. Yeah. Or make the lesbian characters cousins. That's a big one. Sorry, I, I know we are so off like off kilter right now, but I'm I'm struggling to remember. Do you remember Chaotix? So Do you know what I I'm talking about? Super don't, except when you said that, I feel like it made something go off in me. So maybe? I don't know. What is Chaotix? It was apparently just called Chaotic. It was a Yu-Gi-Oh ripoff that was more like Magic the Gathering than Yu-Gi-Oh was. Oh, weird. And it had a very short-lived show. Is this an American anime? Yes, this is an Amerime. I have I have pulled this up. It looks this looks very much like a Magic the Gathering ripoff. It, it in like it's like doing that style but like a little more geared towards kids. Apparently this show lasted for four years, which is bananas to me. That's that's way longer than I would have expected. Oh my god. Sorry, I'm just like looking at this show and uh ugh. I'll tell you what, what I'm seeing is definitely mostly like card art because the show itself looks really bland stupid and the card art looks pretty good. I remember it in my memory looking a little bit better than this, but this just looks like flash animation. Yeah, it looks like no effort was put in this. And definitely no effort was. <laughs> Sorry, there's a there are at least two video games of this TV show. Oh, slash card fuck. game. There is at least a Wii and a DS one. A Wii game? Ooh. Gotta get those motion controls in there. So let's get to the start of this movie, I guess. Aw, oh, page not found. I guess I can't buy this at level up video games. Okay. So we're we're with Ash, right? We've we've gone we've gone through the intro twice. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we yeah, we've we finished the prologue. We're finally we're twenty minutes into this eighty minute movie and we're finally meeting Ash. Okay, so do we need to give a brief highlight on Ash Ketchum and also <sighs> Misty Brock and Team Rocket? Because the movie doesn't. The movie just expects you to know who this is. That's not true, though, because the, the narrator explains to you the concept of Pokemon. Of, of Pokemon. But like, yeah, you're, you're right. He, 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 the narrator is like, here's Ash. He wants to be a Pokemon master. <laughs> What does that mean? You know what? That's not important. <laughs> the here the it, it it is not important. You are correct. Um, it is wild to me. I forgot how mean the narrator could be. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that the narrator was the wildest character to be in this movie. Like the narrator comes up only like twice, but like it's such a presence. It feels so strange. <laughs> How did you feel, by the way, about this incredibly 90s cover of the Pokemon theme song? I was into it. Were you? Because, 
it's not that the Pokemon theme song is like really good, but when it's over a Pokemon battle, and I'm yes. like, sure, obviously this works. I don't mm-hmm. ever want to see music over a fight again. And obviously, I wouldn't want worse music over a fight. Oh, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't wouldn't it be such a terrible idea if it was worse? <laughs> if it was actually much worse pop music. So we get Ash. Is this rando fucking dude just shows up and is like, "It time to do the title sequence." And Ash is like, "Let's do it." So yeah, yeah. this rando have- is like, "I'm gonna fight you," and Ash fights him. And at first, I buy these fights. So there's a, there's a, I think it's a Don fan, which now that I think about it, is not a Generation 1 Pokemon. No, because we are firmly into Gen 2 by the time that this movie comes out. But this is the only non-Generation 1 Pokemon we see, I think. Yes. Everybody else has, like, Johto Pokemon. God, oh, oh my gosh, sorry, I'm just remembering, that, like, Gen 2 has existed for a couple of years now, right, in the games? Hmm. So this but was the first, the yeah. Show. Sometimes I think there were a couple of episodes of the show where they would occasionally just like hint at there being more Pokemon in this other region. I mean, ho is in episode one. Yeah, exactly. So, but I just don't think they've traveled to another region yet. I think that happens after this movie. Yeah, I, kids must have lost their fucking minds at seeing Don Fan like in this intro. I didn't even think about that until like just now when I realized that Don Fan is not one of the original 150 Pokemon. So he uses the Bulbasaur against the Don Fan. You don't need to know anything about Pokemon. That could work. You're not super definitely going to have that work, but it could work. But then the other matchups are like crazier and crazier until I realize this asshole's faking. It took me a little bit to be like, why did that Machamp just faint when he got hit with a bubble? <laughs> and I don't know if if in the Japanese version there is a reason given for this but at least the american voice actor is so clearly faking and also pikachu electrocutes a rock (laughs) and it's it's just like it's so obviously nonsense and the only one who can't tell is ash ash is having a great time as far as he's concerned he's the best i kind of wish there was a reason given for why mewtwo would want trainers who thought they could win a Pokemon battle, but did not necessarily need to win a Pokemon battle. So you think this guy is somehow involved in the in the plot? You know, I thought he was. He has hmm. No, he's not. Ash is just that good. No, he's not. Ash is just that good. He uses a Squirtle against a Machamp. <laughs> a Machamp has four arms and is seven feet tall. <laughs> Ah, the squirrel uh, no. used in, bubble. In the world, in the world of Pokemon, size doesn't mean anything. Um, it all that matters is that you got your, you know, your, you got it's got as long as you get your type differential properly set up, which but I'm pretty sure doesn't. Machamp is. Yeah, Ch- Machamp is just a fighting type, a raw fighting type, and should not be weak to water type moves. It's just, it's just. I was watching it, and I was so convinced it was going to be a plot point that this guy was faking. The dub of this guy, and again, I don't know how it sounded in in Japan, but he goes, oh no, you've beaten my Pokemon! And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. 
I see what you're doing. In the dub, the guy is like, I think he's like American coded. He's he speaks a lot of English for a a, a character in a Japanese show. So I, I do think in the dub, he is just like um, a, a American coded. But other than that, no. I don't know if the idea was, oh, just to show off what Pokemon look like and that Ash is pretty good at this. But like, it felt like such nonsense. This is the the plane of existence that the show has always existed on. Like the show, especially like just the early like couple seasons. I'm not saying the whole thing did it though. Just this fight. And obviously a later, very hilarious fight that they wanted me to take seriously, but it's impossible. (laughs) So Pikachu is crying and slapping the other Pikachu over and over. Hilarious. That didn't make you I didn't make you tear up even a little bit. Even a little bit. I Andy, I burst at the seams. It was the funniest fucking shit. If you put on any other music over that, you will hear how funny it is. That's fair. Anyway, then a Dragonite shows up. Yeah, a Dragonite shows up to give because to give Ash a letter from Mewtwo. From obviously Mewtwo, but it's supposed to be mysterious. But like, who else would it be? <laughs> who else? Who else is going around doing this? That Dragonite never comes back, which does make me think that there is are other people involved in this because we never see that Dragonite again. That is a show thing, I believe. In 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 like a there, oh. they explain that like Dragonites are like the mail carrier service of of the Johto region. Like, seems like a huge misuse of like a pseudo legendary Pokemon. <laughs> Why don't they get Pidgeys to do this? I, listen, I don't, there's a whole plot. There's like a two-parter episode about it. I don't, I can't tell you more <laughs> other than that. So, because okay. I don't remember. We get the first of what are a lot of incredibly wild lines here. Mm-hmm. Um, wherein Brock is looking at this tiny little Princess Leia hologram and says, yep. she's really small, but really pretty. Which, <sighs> Brock is a creep, and I don't know if he is still written like this or if he would still be written like this. But I hope like not. but like 90% of his characterization is being a weird perv. Yeah. A very chaste pervert. It's it's honestly a little weird because the other thing about Brock, and you know, we said we, we were not introducing them, but let's introduce them a little bit. Yeah. Brock is the mom friend of the group. Yes. And you can, it's kind of highlight here because he is cooking food for everybody. Meanwhile, Team Rocket, who are a group of comic relief criminals who follow Ash around yes. and try to steal his Pokemon. Their names are literally Jesse and James. They're, they're talking about how hungry they are, highlighting that Brock is the mom of the group and can cook food and he's the only reason Ash is still alive. But then Brock's other thing is always pervin on ladies and it's weird because he's got to be like 15 and they are mostly adults the ladies he perps on he is looking for uh he's looking for a girl boss that he can stay at home dad for i mean that seems essentially accurate yeah yeah no that's that's his entire character and then uh misty is there and this the they i will say brock and misty have not a lot to do almost nothing to do in this movie which yeah. is wild because there are other characters in this movie that we could have gotten rid of because they have even less to do. And you could have given what they do 
to them to Brock and Misty, and the movie would have not changed at all. Sorry, sorry, I want I want to pause for a second. Are you suggesting that instead of giving Team Rocket something to do, they should have just gotten rid of Team Rocket? No, Tony, I'm talking okay. about the fact that Gary and two other Pokemon trainers. I don't think it's Gary. Is it not Gary? This motherfucker looks like Gary. He does. He honestly, he looks like Ash. And it's weird. He's like like a Gary Ash, like smashed together. He's a dude. Um, So. Yeah, but there are these, well, they needed to have other Pokemon trainers with other fully evolved starter Pokemon so they could have the really intense fight. You didn't hear my eyes roll, did you guys? I mean, it's it's pretty audible. Yeah, you know what? Those characters are weird, and you're right. They could have given some of what they do to Misty and Brock, who don't get to do anything. In fact, I remember, I I had mentioned before we watched the movie, that Misty had two Pokemon whose only job was to, like, be Deus Ex Machina. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is Psyduck and... Togepi, both of them have like phenomenal cosmic powers and they don't do anything in this movie. No, no, they don't do anything in this movie. The other thing though is that like we have, so there are there, and we'll get to this actually. So, you know, I'll save mm-hmm. my rant for then. So, uh, but Misty, Misty's between the ages of Brock and Ash and is just mad all the time and that's her character. Right. So. I do not know what the given reason for why she travels with Ash is. Except because he that owes he her a new bike. Her bike. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like that's like twenty bucks. Okay. <laughs> there, there is a very, there is a very, uh, a very emotional moment in which he does replace her bike. They have like a not exactly romantic tension, but Misty kind of uh, picks on Ash in the same way that a ten-year-old who has a crush would. It's weird. It's 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 a little weird, but Misty's Misty's real characterization, if you want to get right down to it, is girl. It's a nineties yes. TV show. They need a girl. Yes. So that's what she is. She is competent unless she needs to be in distress. It's very frustrating. So also just to kind of also to highlight this actually because this isn't we don't th- th- this doesn't come up, but they are gym leaders in their own right, Misty and Brock. And and they're just hanging around this 10-year-old kid because, I don't know, like, if we don't go with him, he'll die. That does seem like why Brock is there, actually, because I remember this. He has a deadbeat dad. Do you know yes. about this? He has a deadbeat yeah, I, dad, and the reason he can do, like, cooking and stuff is because he did all the... Yeah, he raised his seven brothers and sisters. And... <laughs> And then his deadbeat dad comes back, so he leaves, which is wild. <laughs> so he leaves. And his deadbeat, with his deadbeat Ash. dad promises to stay and take care of the kids so that Brock can finally go on the Pokemon adventure he never got to have. I one, I don't trust this. <laughs> he already went out for a pack of cigarettes once. <laughs> and then Misty's like sisters, I think, run the gym. There's like a given reason. It's just a little weird. No, they don't run the gym because all of her sisters are too busy literally doing other things except for running the gym. But tech, on paper, they run the gym. On paper, they run the gym. Uh, and so when they realize that, oh, we put too much pressure on you, you should go off and have your Pokemon adventure because you haven't had a chance to have one yet. And we can actually run the gym now. God, the uh, plotting of this show. Okay. It's like it's for children, right? Like, so well, here's well, here, here's here's what it is. Here's what it is. Honestly, 
we're going to pair this movie with Detective Pikachu, right? And the great thing about Detective Pikachu is it does not have any of this no. bloated, unnecessary backstory. Although, ca- canonically, I believe, Detective Pikachu takes place before Ash Ketchum goes on his Pokemon journey. You cannot say things like that. Fans have sussed that out. Also, that is impossible. Detective Pikachu has... You know what? It doesn't matter. It's a I'm different... Not it's I'm it's a different it. it's a different timeline. It's a live action timeline. But okay, but in the live action timeline, wait a second, Mewtwo is a character of both of these. You can't just say things. <laughs> so and Spock <laughs> is a character in Star Trek the show and Star Trek the movies and Star Trek the new one that's coming out, and they're all different Spocks. Come at me in this house made of cards and alternate timelines. I refuse to engage in this. I just, I absolutely, you in your ivory tower, you in your pyramid of light. <laughs> I, I think there is a, a strong contention that when I say Pokemon is a show made for babies, I mean that this is a show that in Japan is targeted at five to 10 year olds. And that, and it shows the structure and the like habit of the show is, Simple to the point of almost being painful. What gets me and honestly this- about it is that this movie mostly works despite that. And the parts where it doesn't work is when you're having to consider like the actual world they're in and it starts to crumble. Or the parts <laughs> where uh, where a, um, a translator was like, oh, kids aren't going to get that. Let's make it stupid. It's tough, right? Because this movie is this movie is supposed to be like a celebration of Pokemon, right? Like this is the <laughs> first movie. This is the Pokemon movie. It's introducing two new Pokemon to the numbering system. Um, they're not new, right? But like they're new to anybody who's grown up with the show. If you've played the games and you know about them, this is a movie that's not really aimed at the, like kids who were watching the show. It's mostly aimed at kids who've been playing the games for a couple years. So it kind of has to skew a little older, but then the translators got didn't get that memo, I guess, or forgot that the games also existed and just were like, well, we have to make, we have to cut out all this complex and 13 stuff because it's too much for five-year-olds. So they get invited to this competition for only the greatest of trainers. A hilarious pedestal to put Ash on. Ash does not belong on this pedestal, uh, except um, until until a later line, and then and then you know I get to kind of begrudgingly give it to him. So we cut to Mewtwo, who is literally whipping up a storm with psychic powers, sitting on his throne in his weird like H.R. Giger by the way of Hayao Miyazaki castle. It's pretty incredible, actually. And at this point, I'm sitting there thinking, why is he whipping up a storm? This is stupid. So I have a question. Is there a storm in your version of the intro? No, it, this is this is this is what he's doing. This is part of his plan. Okay, because I read somewhere and maybe this person that I read it from was misinformed or maybe in the wildest twist ever, there was even another other intro. <laughs> but I read that there is a version of this where the dream sequence at the very beginning where he dreams he is Mew is longer and Mew sees a like huge storm that's destroying everything and witnesses Pokemon Tears bringing somebody back to life and both of those things are hugely important to this movie 
And after I read that, I was like, oh, they should have kept that, obviously. So, okay, so yes, that does stuff, that stuff does happen. That does stuff does happen. That does stuff um, does happen. But it's not, it's not like, it's not like exposited. It's just, it's like quick flashes, right? Like, it's, it's just that there's this character. I don't know if she's in both versions, but she is almost hugely unnecessary, except she has to say, like, the wildest thing, which is the prophets have predicted the return of this storm. And, <laughs> and last time this happened, Pokemon cried people back to life, but that won't happen this time. Yes. Just... Just like the fucking wildest shit standing next to this cop who's trying to close a um, a ferry. I love the response, though, that Officer Officer Jenny has to that, which is, and that's why it's closed. Yeah, that's why it's closed. What are you talking about? Did you hear all that crazy shit that this woman just said? She's in charge of the wharf. And if she says it's closed, <laughs> it's closed. Also... Officer Jenny sounds extremely stilted, and I don't know if it is because she's supposed to sound that way, or if the voice actor was having an off day or something, but she sounds weird. I do think that that is just what that voice actress sounds like. She has just like a really weird cadence. I had the same issue with Nurse Joy, but only after she was normal Nurse Joy again. After she wasn't hypnotized anymore. Yeah, like you'd think hypnotized version would be stilted. Uh, I, I don't know why they did this, but there is like dead ass a moment where she delivers like one line in two halves where she's just like, I can't stand to see Pokemon fighting <laughs> yes. like this. I was like, what was that pause? <laughs> <laughs> but when she's hypnotized, it's like her lines are smooth as butter. Yeah, it's crazy. I will say, I think with the exception of Ash, who at this point is still being voiced by the immaculate Veronica Taylor. Every single voice actor in this movie, and also just in the original kind of run of Pokemon in general, sound like they're doing a voice. They don't, they're not voice acting, they're doing a voice, right? Yeah. So, like, my my complaint with the, like, Mewtwo causing the storm thing is it seems like a wild thing for him to just, like, be doing. And I mm-hmm. appreciated it more when I realized this was supposed to be because of this, like, half memory he has. He's like, I know this storm will work for what I want. They even mention um, in in the in the Japanese version that like Mew supposedly has the power to bring storms and to to cause floods and also to That's bring huge. harvests to deserts. So there's another tension in the Japanese version of the movie that isn't in the American version, which is that Mewtwo doesn't know if Mew actually exists. And is actively and actively like says in a line, if Mew does exist, I want to meet them because I want to know if that would help me figure out what my purpose is, which makes sense, right? Like this is the thing that I was cloned from. The movie gives up the gamut because you see Mew just like floating around and being a fucking trickster god prior to this moment. I kind of love Mew because I expected Mew and I haven't seen this movie since I was seven. I expected Mew to be kind of wise. Like a Yoda. Like like sort of a Yoda. And I mean I know they don't I know the Pokemon don't talk or anything, but like you you have like Pokemon who like clearly understand what's going on. And then the and then the fucking dead ass dumb Pokemon <laughs> like a Psyduck or something, right? Yeah, yeah. You got you got there's like there are Pokemon and- that are capable of intelligence. 
And Mew is, like, so much closer to, like, Psyduck than it is to Mewtwo. Like, Mew is just having so much fun with whatever's going on right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, like, a very in-the-moment creature. It's a good moment, though, uh, because it's just having fun. No, I think that's very interesting. That's why I like it so much. Because it seems like it should be, like, oh, mysterious and wise and stuff, and it's just not... And it's also kind of a good reprieve because if if we do get around to watching, um, you know, the second and the third movie and the fourth movie, um, we're not we we are going to meet like Pokemon God creatures, Gods, yeah. that do just act like they just act like Mewtwo, but they are Mew. Um, it's weird, yeah. Like uh, I, I'm vividly remembering Entei from Pokemon Three Thousand, but. The boldest thing to happen in the beginning in this movie was at the very beginning when the narrator said this was the strongest Pokemon, and I'm like, "Are you sure you want to box yourself in like that, dude?" I was I, I wrote down um, how many times are we gonna watch sh- uh, a movie about the strongest Pokemon alive? The strongest Pokemon. They have to keep up in the ante. There's like a time god and a space god and just a god god, and then the one that created them and like. Then the one that created the universe. It's just right. a lot. This, so yeah, Ash and friends get to this uh, wharf and they are told that uh, they can't go out into the sea because of this massive storm that Mewtwo whipped up. But also we find out that uh, Nurse Jenny, no, Officer, Officer Jenny, Jenny has told Nurse them Joy. that Nurse Joy has gone missing. And Brock goes, she looks familiar. Okay, so. <laughs> this is Brock's superpower, by the way. I guess that's fair. Yes, he can he can tell the difference. The joke in Pokemon, and it's actually the wildest joke because it's not much of a joke. It's so funny though. <laughs> is that Officer Jenny is in every city, and Nurse Joy is in every city, and they look exactly the same, but they're all just like sisters and half sisters and cousins and like sister-in-laws so not even related so how does that work like here's the thing that line works okay in this movie because we only ever see one uh nurse joy but if you are familiar with Pokemon, you're like what are you talking about she looks familiar if you if you have a passing familiarity with the show, your response to this is, they all look the same. <laughs> they all look the same. It looks like Nurse Joy. But if you are if you are even more than passingly familiar with the show, then you would also know that Brock is like the only person in the world that can tell all of them apart. Yeah, that's his weird pervert power that he has. It's yeah, by the power of horny. So uh, a bunch of Pokemon trainers are like well, fuck that. We're just going to jump into this storm and try to get to this island anyway. And the the Voyager, that's her name, by the way. Seriously? Her name is Star Trek Voyager. So, well, it's just Voyager. But yeah, yeah, there's a moment <laughs> in the Japanese dub where she just walks up and Officer Jenny's like, this is the Voyager. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Voyager. Who are you? No, I'm okay with that being cut out of the dub because that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> they're, they're actually I say that but she's like no don't go to the storm and Officer Jenny's like some some Pokemon Hunter is no no fear they're too powerful and brave and I'm like what are you talking about you're a cop 
it set them apart. It's their bravery sets them apart and is also what will make them a statistic in our lost bodies report. <laughs> Seriously. Like, these are children. Like the oldest of them are teens. Like you need to stop them. You're the adults. <laughs> it's it's very funny that they just like let them go. Team Rocket shows up at this point dressed up as Vikings. Yep. And they offer to sail Ash and friends to this island free of charge. We get the we get a joke that I heard at the age of six and took me a literal decade to understand. Okay. Which is, I didn't know Vikings still existed. And Ash responds, they mostly live in Minnesota. And as a kid, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Are there people in Minnesota who are Vikings? So yeah, my favorite thing about this actually is that Jesse and James do not have a plan. They're like, yes, we are going to row them to the island on this tiny boat through a storm. And the reason why is because they want to go to this party. <laughs> and there's like no reason for them to do it. They're just like, I guess this is what we're doing today. This is such a wild thing because they're not even trying to steal Pikachu, which is their modus operandi. Presumably there's this idea that there will be other powerful Pokemon trainers at this party. At this party. Because that's why the invitation happens. Here's the thing. They don't even start to hatch an evil plan or anything, though, because they are immediately put, as as soon as they make landfall, they are immediately put on, like, Scooby Doo finding clues duty. Like, they have nothing to do to this story except to explain to the audience why stuff is happening. Well, that's not true, though, because they don't know that they have a fourth member in their party. That's true. But this is the most Scooby-Doo-ass thing. Oh, is the ghost following them around, Andy? <laughs> no, but it's it's actually really clever. I'm gonna this is actually really clever because them like they're they're expositing a bunch of stuff that we mm-hmm. the audience kind of already knew, but they're basically like saying out loud. About like clones and this the beginning of Mewtwo and stuff like this. But- But because Mew is there, Mew is also learning all of this and is kind of catching up on what the fuck is even happening here. Okay, that's an idea. I kind of like that. I think it's really cool because Mew is definitely like uh, shadowing them and they keep sensing that they're being followed, but it never really goes anywhere. So Ash and friends get to the island. The mysterious hologram lady is like, come this way with me. And Brock is like, you're the lady from the poster. Yeah, way to let that tension build, Brock. And she's like, nah, that ha- that must be someone else. I know that we mentioned this before, that this castle looks very, like, H.R. Giger and, like, it's out of a horror movie and all this stuff. But I just want to, like, put a nail in it a little bit. This looks like a different movie. Like, yeah. it looks like it looks like the Pokemon characters ended up in a different movie. Like, I changed the channel halfway through, but they stayed... This feels more like a Yu-Gi-Oh setting. Something else that I noticed is that a lot of these shots are CGI, like early 90s CGI. <laughs> oh, and you, and you feel it. They're not bad. It's just obvious. They're doing that thing, I think, that uh, where it's, it's clearly CGI, but all of the textures are still hand-drawn. Mm-hmm. 
That's what makes it look okay, I think. Yeah, it fits in a little bit better, but every once in a while, like with the, the there have these like big doors that open and shut and stuff, yeah. like yeah. you really yeah. feel it. So they get to this like eating hall and they find that uh, out of the h- potentially hundreds of kids who tried to make it to this island, there are only, uh, only three of them made it along with Ash and friends. So cool, 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 cool. Cool. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. What uh, happened to them? We never find out. Maybe they just got lost. Maybe they'll be fine. I mean, they'll be fine. At the at the end of the movie, it does seem like possibly time has been time travel. Back. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe I don't know. Um. So at this point, it, let's let's call the only body count from you two is the people he blew up in that. Uh, in that facility. <laughs> That's still like 20 people. Yeah, but they were genetic scientists. That's true. And here's what here. I, I've met scientists who do uh, genetics research and they're not people. <laughs> well, that's a secret. They're all clones. Yeah, they're all. <laughs> <laughs> Which they're this all... movie, this movie a couple of times posits that clones aren't real. Which clones is aren't real more people. A, more a fundamental misunderstanding of what a clone is than like a point of view. There's a lot happening. The entire time all of this is happening, just to kind of really put a pin on it, Team Rocket are just doing Scooby-Doo shit and Mew is following them. And we'll get back to them when we get back to them, but we're not going to keep jumping to them. Nurse Joy, sorry, the mysterious lady introduces them she's about to be revealed as definitely nurse Joy, yeah the, so. the, te- the te- yeah the tension is the tension is too great for this movie they got to get rid of it she did not even change her hair uh, introduces them to the greatest pokemon master ever mewtwo and immediately these fucking kids are like that's impossible we're gonna fight you right now yeah these, these asshole kids. I mean, this is why maybe he shouldn't have invited a bunch of kids over. Maybe if he wanted to really, like, challenge himself against the best Pokemon Masters, he could have gotten some of the best Pokemon you go to Masters. You could have the Elite Four. Like, yeah, I believe that at least one of the Elite Four is a little old lady. So, like... Yeah, just like... She's probably seen some stuff. If you do to Victory Road what you did to Giovanni's Winchester house... <laughs> That's going to make the news. People, People are going to listen. What gets me a little bit is I'm not entirely clear. And and let's let's talk it out a little bit. I guess Mitsu wants to challenge himself against other Pokemon trainers. Yeah. Like, he knows he's the best. He's basically bred a bunch of Pokemon for max EVs. But, like, he's never, like, gone up against any humans and wants to prove that he's better than them. And that these clones are better than normal Pokemon. Yes. And also that normal Pokemon are evil too. I do wish that we had gone into his psychology a little more because the things that he is doing, like, belie such a deep psychological... Like, such deep psychological connections that, like... That I feel like I feel like you want to have a like my dinner with Andre version of this movie where he just sits down with somebody and talks about what a crazy year it's been. He has, in an unclear frame of time, built an HR Giger mansion, kidnapped a nurse Joy, made genetic clones of the three starter Pokemon, 
psychically trained them to make them stronger than, and also genetically altered them to make them stronger than normal Pokemon. They also have cool markings. That's kind of neat. They also, yes. Uh, well, it's because they're all lowland forms. And <clears throat> sent out invitations to potentially hundreds of Pokemon trainers to come join him on his island for a tournament of some kind. And why? This is the part where the English translation of this movie really falters. Nurse Joy has a line where she says, my master is on his way to explain to you what his plan is. And I was like, damn, I'm really excited to meet this to meet this guy Mewtwo and figure out what his plan is because so far I the audience am also a little unclear but we never get it because Mewtwo spends his entire fucking time sh- like just being around complaining about how humans suck and he's so cool yep, 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 yep. and what I need from him what I really need from him is any line of purpose and This is what I mean when I say that somebody has, like, Emperor Palpatine energy. Over the course of nine movies, Emperor (laughs) Palpatine has one goal, which is to rule the galaxy. Why does he want to rule the galaxy? Especially after he's already ruled the galaxy, you'd think it would, like, lose its flavor a little bit. So then what he wants is just ultimate power, which has... Which has, it's kind of done the opposite of, of give us a reason. It's taken away reasons, because... There's nothing to bite into with that shit, right? Like Mewtwo is doing stuff that is so interesting. His actions are so interesting. But when it comes time for him to explain himself, it boils down to, I'm mad that I'm a clone. I would love if it were a plot point that he couldn't explain himself to. Like if he just, if he just did all this and he's like, there is a reason like there has to be but he like he can't put it into words i would find that really fascinating but yeah we just kind of don't get anything from him on this point no and we don't we don't get to hear what his full plan is until later but it's fucking stupid so it's it's very weird it's extremely strange so i'm gonna talk a little bit about these three pokemon trainers who are there we have Corey, i think is his name we, we have a guy who looks like Gary and seems to be Gary, but isn't Gary. <laughs> isn't Gary. Um, we have a guy who only does water type Pokemon. Yeah, way to, way to chomp on, uh, on Misty's flavor there. Kind of rude. That's what I'm fucking saying, dude, is why why is he here? And then we have a, a, a woman who does, I think she just has like a pretty varied team, actually. Yeah, so, she's got like a, like a, the one they keep showing is the Wigglytuff, uh, but she also has like a nine tails, like a like a like a like a lot of stuff. Yeah, she's got Pokemon. I suspect that the guy with all the water Pokemon is here mostly because he was able to get across the water with all these Pokemon. No, no, Tony, I, I you're thinking about this within the fiction. I need you to think about this on a more meta level, right? Like from you're an right. authorial standpoint, which is you're why the right. fuck it's are we weird. introducing? We are introducing two trainers who whose names not only do I not know, but I cannot confirm anywhere. <laughs> like... Who 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 do so little in the plot that if you just gave what they did to Brock and Misty, not only would Brock and Misty have more to do in this fucking movie, but also the plot of the movie doesn't change at all. The here's here, I can tell you the entire reason for it. 
I can tell you the entire reason for it. And you said it earlier, actually. This movie is not as much for people who watch the anime as it is for people who played the games. Which means that at some point, somebody was like, we need to make the starters in Pokemon Red a plot point. And Ash, the freaking fool, only has one of those <laughs> fully evolved. He has all three? Oh, okay. That's fair. I- yeah, because his, his Squirtle and Bulbasaur are forever young. I think they get bigger. <laughs> they, I don't think they ever do, actually. Maybe they are forever young. That's weird. I'm pretty sure they are. I, I'm pretty sure Bulbasaur and Squirtle never evolve. That really reinforces my main problem with Ash's character, which is that he is unchanging. And kind of mm-hmm. the fun thing um, when playing a Pokemon game is that as you get better at the game, your Pokemon change physically to like show that you are also getting better because they yes. are getting better as well right that's the fun part and there's this idea that it's like it's a coming of age story that you can see as it's happening because they're literally growing up from little babies into like big old monsters and ash just never do that <laughs> i i think the game serves a different purpose in terms of the fantasy that it's selling you versus the show right like Absolutely. No, 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 no. I agree. It's just that Ash has been the main character in this show for 20 years. And it's frankly not fair because he's the least interesting one. Everyone else is more interesting than him. Everyone. But that's the thing, right? Is like every time a generation of kids outgrows Pokemon, they just send him to a different region, give him two new friends and like, whoop. Like, I'm, there are probably kids out there who've been watching Pokemon as many seasons as I did and never even knew that Ash had a Bulbasaur at some point. We shouldn't get sidetracked into actually talking about the series, right? No. That's too much. That's yeah, We got a movie to talk much. about. We got a movie. Um, so, yeah, these lame trainers are really only here to round out the idea that we needed uh, strong starters. Like, the, the final evolutions of the starter Pokemon. Yeah, definitely. The problem is, is that like these motherfuckers like line up to take on, uh, to take on Mewtwo. <sighs> Make sure you attack him one at a time, guys. They have like 20 Pokemon and they will one at a time, like throw a Pokemon at him. Cause he's like, I'm going to destroy the world. We're like, we'll stop you. Go Rhydon. And it's like, why are you just sending Rhydon? Get somebody else in there. What are you playing fair? He's going to destroy the world. <laughs> Ash formally challenges him to a Pokemon battle, and he opens up a door to reveal that not only does he have a mansion, but he also has a Pokemon stadium, complete with stands. Yeah, nobody's watching, though. Nobody's watching this. I kind of wish they had played up the whole isolation aspect of Mewtwo, because he's very isolated. It's so wild, right, that Mewtwo is so obsessed with, like, being better, and yet he keeps hewing to structures that have been defined by humans. He's not a Pokemon, but he's still a Pokemon master. Right. He specifically wants to be better at what people are doing, and that seems so strange for him. And, like, yeah, and he he goes to the lengths of creating a Pokemon stadium with stands, but, like, why? Like... Because they're supposed to have stands, but, like, nobody's watching this. There's no crowds cheering. Like, you fucking, like, put talc lines down everywhere? You didn't have to do any of this. You could have just fought them in the dining room. Well, he would have broken all this stuff. Yeah, also, he has a dining room with silverware. He still needs to eat with his weird hands. 
There was actually a really good moment early on where he looks down at his weird hands and there's this flash of like the scientist's hands shaking each other's like scientists shaking each other's yeah. hands. And there was a moment where I'm like, one of the reasons he's about to kill all of these people is he knows that he is different and he hates it. Uh, yeah. And that was great. <laughs> and then he kills all those people. They're dead now. They're dead. Unless he time warped them too. Who knows? So they, the, they all fight him one at a time. And these motherfuckers get rocked so fast. It's, it's kind of hilarious. Oh, but, but it bothers me. In the show, Pokemon battles, I don't know if they're super long, but there'll be more than one attack each. But this is basically one attack each. The only one who even lasts a second is Charizard. And it's it's just so you can see Charizard getting whooped so hard. But yeah, but Charizard is also the only Pokemon that lasts longer than a vine. So like <laughs> on on the one hand, I guess Ash kind of really is stronger than he looks. Uh, but on the other hand, this is a Pokemon that doesn't really listen to him or care. So they all lose and Mew pulling a Giovanni here go uh, start just start stealing their Pokemon. Like, well, you guys lost. So uh, I guess your Pokemon are mine now. You got to remember who his uh, who his like main source of inspiration is. Yeah. And he has these I would call them snatch balls because I think that was a thing in one of the Pokemon games. Yeah, they're really cool. They have like eyes on them. They look like millennium items. Yeah, he never has a name for them, but, like, they're, like, creepy eye Pokeballs that are just shooting after all these Pokemon. And there's a pretty intense, like, chase scene where they are chasing down and capturing all of them. With, like, Pikachu being the last one not caught until he finally is. Yeah, this is, I think, the best scene in the movie in terms of, like, actually having tension. At one point, Ash... Like is like, oh, I got, I got it. If I put them back in their Pokeballs, they should be safe. Hilarious. Hilarious. Because <laughs> then they just catch the Pokeballs. <laughs> Thank you for making my job even easier, child. It's like. That's not even fair. He's playing at a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah, damn. Really, though. All the Pokeballs go into this like pneumatic tube and Ash is like, I'm going in. I'm sliding into this tube. And at this point in the movie, we are not going to see fake Gary and the two other trainers uh, until the end of the movie after this. They're just gone. There, I have a real, it's, it was such a little thing. And I don't know if it's just in the dub version or if, it's in, if it was in the original. But Ash yells after Pikachu is caught, you're not taking Pikachu. And I got so irritated. He has such a big team and they were all just captured. He, Ash is really, Ash is going so hard to save Pikachu. And it's like, why weren't you going this hard for fucking Squirtle, Bulbasaur, Charizard? Like, you just let him go. I understand, like, there's only one left. You have to save him. But like, then when he like dives into the tube, it's like, you could at least pretend you're trying to save all of them. (laughs) Yeah, like, just be like, you're not going to take Pikachu and everybody else. And everybody else. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. It's, it's, it's just, it, it really irritated me in that moment of, like, I know that, like, in the movie, Pikachu has to be the most important one because he's Pikachu. But to this character, they should all be important. Anyway, he goes down there and here are Team Rocket. Did we want to mention anything Team Rocket's been doing? Uh, they've just been doing Scooby-Doo shit. 
Yeah, they've mostly been providing comic relief and telling us about how Mewtwo clones stuff. Yeah, expositing to Mew uh, what's going on. Ash shows up in the cloning facility that they happen to find themselves in. Mm-hmm. And what does he say to them as he's running by? I don't have time for your stupid intro. Yeah, I don't have time for your stupid motto right now. And like charges past them to grab Pikachu. And he ends up grabbing Pikachu in such a way. He's like halfway inside the machine. And for some reason, this must be a very delicate piece of machinery. He just wrecks the whole thing. He goes fucking feral on those robot arms, though. He's, like, biting them and fucking, like, just ripping them to shreds in there. If that could happen, why were those robot... How were those robot arms supposed to hold back Mewtwo? (laughs) It really does feel like these scientists had, like, no idea what they were were doing. Now they're exploded, so... Yeah, exactly, so... Ooh, Fadufa. Uh, I got a couple of lines here that I want to read to you because they're amazing. They're just amazing writing. Hit me with them. Oh, except for one. I do want to mention one that happened earlier, and I feel like it's important. I will tell you the line. Yeah. They're clones! That is from, I think, not Gary. Um, For some reason... For some reason, this movie tries very hard to remind us that clones exist. Even though Mewtwo had just said, these are my cloned Pokemon, they're stronger than normal Pokemon, this guy yells out, they're clones! And I don't know why. I love it so much. I wasn't actually going to bring up this line, because yeah, Mew- the exact lines, because there's there there's a little bit more to this is, what is it? I used their genetic material to make more powerful copies. Copies? They're clones! And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yes, we get it. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> We've been throwing around the fucking word clones this whole fucking movie, like... If I didn't know what a clone was, I would be so beyond lost in this movie that your yelling out is not going to help me. Ash frees Pikachu, but it's too late. All of the Pokemon have been cloned. And all of their clones are now marching out to meet to meet up with Mew, who yeah. is telling Brock and Misty and Nurse Joy, you guys will be safe from the storm here, but I'll kill you later. He says something, like, I think he says, I won't kill you yet, but I'm going to leave you to your fate or something like that. Something very ominous. I do enjoy, and I wonder if any of the other movies ever get to this point. I do enjoy how much of, like, a horror character Mewtwo feels like. About half the time, like, it feels like if Mewtwo was in The Shining, you'd be like, yeah, okay. I get it. I don't know why The Shining till Mewtwo's holding hands. Uh, Mew- yeah, Mewtwo summons all of his clone clone Pokemon and is like, and now I'll take over the world. And my guy doesn't even have the complete 151 from like the original game. So I don't really know what he's planning on doing with these 28 Pokemon. I mean, I think he's still planning on causing a maybe worldwide storm. Yeah, he's going to he's going to like biblically flood the world, I guess. I mean, there's still going to be a lot of water Pokemon, but that <laughs> should take care of a lot of stuff. It should take care of a lot of stuff. And then Ash gets a freaking unearned hero moment. Ash shows up in what has to be the worst looking shot in the whole movie. Uh, it just doesn't. It doesn't look good. Um, he shows up with all of the original, all the pokey originals, and is like, "I'm not gonna let you do anything." And then tries to punch 
Mewtwo. This, I am, I'm, I got so mad that he had, like, negative a plan. That he, like, had this whole big speech about how he was going to stop him. And he's, and he's like, Mewtwo's mine. And I'm like, no, he's not. You big dumb idiot. You, you, you have, you are, you are 10 years old. You do not have the muscle strength to, like, do a push-up. Yeah, he, you can't punch, like, a fully grown man. This is, like, a magic monster thing. And you're like, I'm gonna punch it. It, it made me very mad that he got, gets his he subsequently gets his life saved. I <laughs> I was very irritated about it. It felt very unearned. It's it's some bullshit. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. He was asking to be like thrown up against the roof and smashed against the cobbles. If Mewtwo had just done that, if he was like, "You're not going to stop me," and throw him, fine. But he didn't. He tried to punch him and was knocked back. He tried to punch him twice. And so, yeah, Mewtwo just, like, fucking, like, Krillin's him into the fucking stratosphere before <laughs> Ash can die. Um, Mew shows up, and we get my second favorite line in the whole movie, um, which is one of the two, like, randos says, Mew and Mewtwo? So Mewtwo was cloned from Mew. Yeah, 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 yeah. This movie loves, loves reminding us that clones exist. This, this is an insult. Is, is, maybe I'm fucking crazy, right? But like, we all know what cloning is, right? Maybe, was it different in 98? Did we not know? I don't know, man, because the original game came out like 94 or something, right? 96? Yeah. Like, earlier than that, and that still had the cloning plotline. So, this is the big fight scene. And I almost had an allergic reaction to this song that started playing. My note right here is, I did not consent to being soft-rocked. And I just... (laughs) (laughs) Soft-core rock started playing. It is... The song is, I believe, Oh Brother, My Brother. I thought it was Brother to Brother. It doesn't matter. A phrase that I cannot read without thinking of My Brother, My Brother and Me. It is, as far as I can tell, the longest, most tragically boring song that you could imagine playing behind Pokemon slow motion slapping each other. It's so bad. And like the song is so terrible. And also we get the immortal line. You know what? Are, were you going to say this one? I, I don't know if I wrote this one down. Was this the one that I thought might be one of the ones that you had uh, that you had noted? But I'll read it. Pokemon aren't meant to fight. Oh, not yes. Are, are they not in fact? We, it's... <laughs> It's so fucking bananas because for like three, we get like five lines that essentially boil down to Pokemon shouldn't fight unless it's within a structured battle system that was formally agreed upon by humans. What what, what are we doing? What are we talking about? What? what? Uh, this, the entire point, the, the entire point of Pokemon is that, is that it's, it's fighting, right? They're not, they're, they are, they are all, we're all having a fun time fighting each other that's what this is the they faint because of all the fun that they're having but like it's still violence (laughs) 
And, 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 okay, and there's so many things wrong with this. One, I'm fairly certain that this is part of the, the poorly dubbed thing that it has such a weird message in it that's supposed to be, like, a peace message in, like, a Pokemon story because it fun- functionally doesn't work, and I have to assume that the original had something a little better. But what gets me is they're like, look at it, it's so horrible, these Pokemon fighting to the death. And then it shows these Pokemon, and they're, like, literally napping on top of each other. It is, like, the tamest fight scene you can possibly imagine. It's like, if you and I were fighting, and we got so exhausted from fighting that we took a nap and we were leaning on each other, that... That doesn't look like we're, like, violently trying to kill each other. At, at some point, somebody is like, the, it was, I think it's Brock and Misty are like, those Pokemon look like they're ready to fight to the death. That's a fight nobody's gonna win. <laughs> what are you talking it's- about? They're fine. They're not even using their fucking magic powers because Mewtwo is using his psychic powers to prevent them from doing that. Which I imagine was a line that was written because they're like, shit, we do not have the budget for this scene. <laughs> we couldn't afford to put 302 Pokemon on screen at once. So we only have 50 of them. And they also all need to be slapping each other. <laughs> It's just, it's so irritating because I said it before, this movie up to this point had been pretty good. It's pretty good. And I was very mad at this because like way worse than a bad movie is a good movie that suddenly gets bad. It it, like ruined my enjoyment of this movie that like suddenly it had this dumbass stuff going on. 60 of these minutes, 60 of these 80 minutes are genuinely like, I was having a baller of a time. I was watching this movie. I was, I watched the first half of this movie in a public place and I wasn't ashamed of it at all. (laughs) Unlike when you watch say Swan Princess. Yeah. When I'm watching Swan Princess in the middle of a bookstore, I don't want anybody, I don't want anybody to see what I'm doing. It's more shameful than other things. Like you have to, you have to minimize and open up your porn. <laughs> no, what I'm doing is normal. It's normal. This is a normal thing. It really sucks that like the climax of this movie. It's clown shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's like it's like a, a mix between like extremely milk toast and way too silly for you to be into it anymore. Especially when it started with this like with this like cryptid creature exploding a lab. And, and going, like, Godzilla mode on a mafioso's house, right? Like, Seriously, this is, yeah. This is how far we've fallen. Mewtwo, in the Japanese version of this movie, is almost a Satan-like character. Very Miltonian. The big reason why he's fighting Mew is because he believes that beating Mew gives him purpose. It makes him the original. That makes a lot of sense as to, like, why he made a lot of clones to fight and beat the original versions. That that tracks, actually. The the sadness, right? The sadness that in the in the in the in the subbed version of this movie isn't that they're fighting. It's that they're fighting without purpose. Like the mm. the there there nothing is being gained from this, right? Like there is it because like because there's no sportsmanship and there's no there's no ideal behind it. They are fighting purely for the sake of proving something that is unprovable. Even if they win, does that prove that they're better? If Mewtwo defeats Mew, does that answer his question of of who he is and what his destiny can be? And the movie paints it as being like a Greek tragedy. This is a thing 
that has been given life and doesn't know what to do with it. I am actually furious that that is the takeaway of the like of the original script because that sounds great. It was it's, it it wasn't until I watched like Steven Universe that I ever saw a show where there was fighting in it where somebody said, "But if somebody's better than you at fighting, who cares?" You have more important shit going on. I feel like that's such a powerful message. And like, I don't know if you know this, Steven Universe is like very heavily like Dragon Ball Z inspired. Yes, it's it has a lot of DNA of like Dragon Ball Z and um, a lot of early shonen and also some Sailor Moon. But like the thing in Dragon Ball Z is they're always like getting stronger and better. And their whole thing is to like be these freaking super powered magic people and why vaguely because you know and like i really like the idea of of a show even a kid show being like you don't want to fight for no reason you, you have to have something behind it otherwise you're just lashing out you're just being violent yeah you're just being yeah exactly and i like i, I don't want to say that like i don't know it's still a sh- it's still a movie that's for kids so it's not like it's not going to cut you to the soul, and it's definitely not as well-paced and written as a Steven Universe episode, right? Because it's not trying to be that. It's still trying to be, like, a celebration of a, of a franchise. Oh, absolutely. But, but I just, I remember watching that Steven Universe episode and thinking, like, this is the opposite of the message of most of the things that Steven Universe is based on. But in, like, a lot of these enemies, it's just about, like, fighting and winning. For somebody to, like, stop and say, sometimes you lose, or sometimes it's not the most important thing to win. Yeah. It's it's a thing about the Pokemon show that people get really frustrated with, right? Like, Ash very often gets gym badges, not because he defeats anybody in a Pokemon battle, but because he exemplifies a trait that the gym leader respects either, you know, bravery or extreme stupidity, right? Like depending on the episode, but I do. I mean, I do think it is frustrating with Ash because it has taken him 20 years to beat the championship. Yeah. But the point that the show is trying to make, right. Is like, Hey kids, there are more important things than just winning fights. You also Mm -hmm. need to be, you know, compassionate and kind and it's because it's, again it's this is a show for babies like we we got to teach babies the thing and like question yeah do you think the intro ruins that a little bit the intro of oh the song yeah the song yeah. that says i want to be the very best like no one ever was because yeah. it bothered me that the show used to say like i'm gonna be the best i'm going to catch them all and here's ash he has like five pokemon and he's okay with them <laughs> And he's done. He's like, I don't need to catch anymore. I don't have a problem with that, char- that characterization as much as that it goes against the thesis statement that is given. In the theme song. Yeah, no, for in sure. The theme song. See, in the Yu-Gi-Oh theme song, they just say it's time to duel a lot. And it turns out it often is. So they d- Yeah, they are constantly <laughs> like checking their watch. Well, time to duel. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, right? Like, Pokemon is is it's it's so big, but I definitely like I've I've jumped in and watched a couple of the newer episodes, just because you know I'm I this, it's like this is a show I watched a lot as a kid, so I want to see what like the newer episodes are doing, and it's definitely like much more stable now in terms of just like doing what it does and not being frustrating about it, so. I don't really know what Pokemon is anymore, but I think it sucks that this movie 
decides to throw away any possible messaging for an empty platitude that isn't even true. An extremely, extremely empty platitude. Because, like, the, the Pokemon are going to keep fighting. This isn't a revelation that, like, everything they've been doing is wrong and they're never going to fight again. No. This is this is nonsense. Well, and, al- and also, yeah. everybody loses their fucking memory at the end of this movie, so... So it doesn't even matter. Even if they had learned that lesson. I kind of love that everybody loses their memory because there's actually no reason for it. Except for, I guess, to keep you too mysterious in the in the show. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, also for the next movie. Is we two in the next movie? I don't want to talk about it. My, my guy, you, didn't you know that there's a sequel to this movie? It's called Mewtwo's Return. It, it, a tough a tough name for a movie that's the sequel to Mewtwo Strikes Back. <laughs> uh, the Pokemon are all sleeping on each other. Ash, uh, Mew and Mewtwo are absolutely like bouncing off of each other like golf balls. Um, it's very intense. And honestly, looks it looks really cool. Did you have the same moment I did where you... I had forgotten what happened in this movie, possibly because this is... We're getting to some dumb stuff. Uh, But did you have the same moment I did where I was like, ah, now they're going to blast each other with two different colored attacks and meet in the middle? Yeah, I was actually (laughs) kind of hyped for it. I was like, we got this color coding going on. They're like, they're going to... They're definitely going to at some point do the thing of like, shooting the color beams at each other. I remembered this happening because this this <laughs> uh this really struck me when I was a kid and I saw this scene, but I didn't remember how it happened. Um mm-hmm. and in my memory, it was a much cooler moment. Ah, uh, memory what it does to us. It 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 really we really do be writing better movies. Um so Ash is tired of all of this fighting. Uh, and he decides that uh, in, instead of trying to stop anyone from fighting, he's just going to die. Uh-huh. So he walks in between two brightly colored lasers being thrown by God-level creatures. Uh-huh. He just runs in the middle of it and gets turned to stone. And Mewtwo says, a human sacrificed himself to save Pokemon. Is Did that he? what he says? It, he I, yeah, says that. I, I guess he says something wild like that. I'll be honest. I had kind of stopped. So this was the moment when I started looking up differences because I was convinced that Ash did not turn for turn to stone the original, but I guess he does. No, he does. My problem um, is that Pikachu keeps shaking it. And like, he's stoned. <laughs> yeah. Pikachu also tries to shock him awake, which is a uh, very sad if 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 you like remember how Pikachu and Ash like how their interactions go and stuff. I love that he just he just keeps shocking him too. It's like if he is alive, you might be killing him. You might be killing him. You might have you might have killed him for good. But it's this is I'm not gonna lie. I did tear up a little bit uh, because this, this I, I was this, too removed at this point. This movie doesn't earn this, but it is very well shot and the music is nice. And like, it's just, it's a moment. It's for sure a moment. And like, I don't know if I was like, I remember when I first saw this movie at like six, this scene fucking destroyed me as a kid. (laughs) I, I, I wanted to be Ash 
And so I was like, oh, no, he's dead. Yeah. So in the original Japanese version, um, the the and, and I think the, the dub kind of sort of brings this up, but it's a little more fleshed out in the Japanese version. Um, the the little girl clone mentions that when Pokemon cry, there is a legend that says their tears are made of light. And that is some dumb shit. The, the scene <laughs> that subsequently happens. On the one hand, it feels very Japanese in like yeah. a Studio Ghibli way where there's just like a weird unexplained magic thing that fixes everything. No, I think in a Studio Ghibli movie, this kid would stay dead. But I get what you're saying. I mean, in Grave of the Fireflies... <laughs> It depends on which movie we're talking about, Andy. Did you not watch Totoro? <laughs> um, the ending of that movie is ambiguous at best. Um, the thing about this scene is that... I was going to say that, that it feels very unsatisfying. No, it's some Peter Pan bullshit. Like, Yeah, it's like clap your hands. Yeah, like everybody in the audience say, I believe in fairies. And... If you're just going to bring him back to life, why kill him? Wow, intense question. Because it it doesn't really provide any tension. I think the idea, and I don't think it's done well, but the idea is Mewtwo has now seen, first he has seen for the first time, a human treating his own life as maybe less important than a Pokemon's. But you could you and could then, do that. I guess I'm just I'm just saying what they're trying for. I'm not saying they did it. And then Mewtwo, I think there is this idea that there's this like bit of wonder, especially with that, especially with that thing that you said, where it's like, what's the point of my tears? Where like he sees something impossible that he could not have done, even though he is the most powerful Pokemon. And yeah. this is, I think, supposed to be sort of the cherry on top. This is when Mewtwo's like, I see. Now I know I was wrong. That being said, it's very dumb. It is, like, very extremely dumb. This is a criticism that I remember hearing about this movie at the time it came out. And also, like, well, not at the time it came out, but, like, I've gone back and I've read reviews of this movie by, like, professional critics. And most of them were kind of like... If you've never seen Pokemon, you're not going to understand what's going on in this movie. And I don't think that's true. This movie has like a 20% Rotten Tomatoes, and it's because critics are not going to be into a movie that is a continuation of a TV show. It's like a long episode of a TV show. Like, they're yeah. not going to want to watch it. Absolutely. I, I do think that a lot of that criticism is just like adults not wanting to meet this movie on its level. That being said, I was super willing to meet this movie on its level as a 26 year old person who loved this show as a kid, who loved this movie as a kid. And when I got to this point, I was like, yeah, I get it. This is fucking rough. Like if I was in if I was in the movie theater watching this, I'd be like, what are we doing now? It's rough, and I get what it's going for. It's trying to do a Tangled, or like a Beauty and the Beast, or maybe going older, you could say like a Snow White, or Cinderella, or not, sorry, not Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty even. Like, there's supposed to be this bit where like, this is the big tragedy of the movie, the fact that Ash is dead, and we're gonna witness something magical, and it is really lame. 
It's like spectacularly lame. And and it does work so much better when you have this weird prologue because because this the, the weird prologue really does do a lot to set this moment up, right? With like <laughs> the little girl and talking about how Pokemon, like all Pokemon are magical and they all have light inside of them and light is really important. Even though, and I'm sure this does a lot to set it up, that's still silly as hell. You know, like, with the fucking, what was her name? The Watcher? Oh, the Voyager? <laughs> the Voyager? Like, like these characters who are here to be, to, like, remind you that the world that we are in, for some reason, is very specifically magical sometimes. It's one of those things where it's hard because you're already, you're, you're already, I am already convinced that this is a magical world. Right. You don't need to give me something different. I already saw a dragon today. <laughs> like, yeah, I saw two dragons today. Or there are a few dragons, actually. And a clone of a dragon. It's, it's, this is a magical world. Like, it's, if you, if you want me to believe that animals can cry magic tears and bring somebody back to life, like, that doesn't have to be, that shouldn't have to be magical to the people who live in this magical world, Right. Especially because there are, like, super definitely Pokemon moves that heal. Yeah. Like, 100%. Yeah. I don't know. I, I definitely do think that this this whole ending bit works better be- with the more complex, well-explained and set-up, like, Miltonian Mewtwo character. Because in that, mm. in one, he, the, he doesn't say all this bullshit about, like, saving Pokemon and all of this, like nonsense about birth he's just like oh i i am become death destroyer of worlds right it's it's a it's a moment of horror at his own actions not respect <laughs> like oh i killed a kid <laughs> fuck right which is fair because because ash has not and will never earn anyone's respect <laughs> no he shouldn't <laughs> that was maybe a little too mean but frankly if the shoe fits. The cherry on top of all this bullshit is really this this final line that Mewtwo says. He says, what does he say? The circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. It is what you do with the gift of life that dictates one's worth. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, buddy, the circumstances of one's birth can be incredibly relevant. <laughs> Yeah, it, and it feels, it's such like a heavy-handed moral to have thrown in out of nowhere. <sighs> this, it's, it's wrong. It's in, it's like pathetic. I, I said this about Justice League a little while ago, but people, when people walk out of a theater, the emotion that they're feeling is pretty much dictated by like the last 20 minutes of a movie. I, it doesn't matter how long or good your movie is. Those last 20 minutes, the how you conclude a movie s- does a lot for how people feel about it. Part of the reason why I think Marvel movies cheat is because they basically... They have an end stinger every time that says, next time it's going to be really cool. And so you're leaving with, you're, you're, you're leaving with this like espresso shot of, ex- of, of hype a- as <clears throat> opposed to any genuine emotion. This ending is so bad that when you two says i'm gonna wipe y'all's memory bye bestie i was like oh thank god (laughs) (laughs) can he wipe it from my memory too i mean it would make for a bad podcast (laughs) 
So we watched a movie. Ugh. Yeah, we watched. Um, to be uh, fair, we have recorded episodes with that vibe. <laughs> we watched this movie a month ago, and neither of us is going to rewatch it. <laughs> Sorry, Mulan Two. That's just how it is. It's um, here's the thing. It wasn't very good. <laughs> I also, I'm pretty sure he sends them back in time, like. Like, almost definitely, right? Unless he erases everybody's memory and just puts them where they were a few hours ago, which seems like it would be more trouble? I guess that is what he did, though, because he does not put Team Rocket back. He just leaves them on the island. Andy, I'll be honest, I completely missed the... No, they they don't remember either. Yeah, huh. they don't. I was going to say that I missed the implication that they are the only ones who knew what happened, which I actually really would have liked. No one's going to believe this. But yeah, they don't They don't remember either. So that's the end of this movie. Pretty underwhelming by the end. We get one more, well, a couple more if you listen through the credits, but I really only listened to about two seconds of 90s soft rock before I was like, Alta 4, Alta 4, Alta 4. <laughs> Give me half a second, just a second. <sighs> what is, what team- is happening? The team that dubbed and published this movie had so little concern for it as a movie. And do you know what they did care about? What? Selling things. Mm hmm. So you brought up some of the music in the credits. How many songs do you think are on the soundtrack for this movie? The soundtrack is called Pokemon the First Movie, music from and inspired by the motion picture. I do love when music is from and inspired by, because what that tells me is is that it's not in the movie. Oh, it's not. (sighs) Okay, I... Just give me um, a number, ballpark number, how many songs are on this album. If it's an album, it has to be at least 10. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with 13. 16. This 16? is a stacked album with Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Insane, Vitamin C, Aaron Carter. Everyone is on this. It is like they a, got now, vitamin that's what you C? call 90s CD. Holy shit. This is such, this CD is such a cash grab. It's hilarious. Oh my God. They got Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. None of these have anything to do with Pokemon, literally at all. They didn't get these people to sing songs about Pokemon. They just took some of their songs and put them on a CD and slapped Pokemon on the cover. Oh my god. 98 degrees. Jesus. That's a band. That's, if any, nobody should remember that band. I, I hope they're not doing anything anymore. I know that some bands, like, they'll just be around and it'll be like, hey, you know Third Eye Blind's still together? And I'd be like, why? Or, um, you know what's a big one for me? I found out Panic at the Disco. That's who I'm thinking of. Oh, they're yeah, dude, come on. Like, they're still, like, selling out concerts for tweens. But, yeah, but that's the thing, is that what's wild about it for me is it's not the people who were listening to Panic at the Disco when I was a teenager. It's new teenagers, like new 12 to 14 year olds, just like constantly picking up Panic at the Disco. It's wild. I I still listen to 
you know, like late 90s, early 2000s alt rock, like. Well, absolutely. But that's because that's when you were a teenager. I just didn't expect. Yeah, that new teenagers are picking up. You know, I, um, my, um, so May had had for a long time a laptop bag from Invader Zim mm. uh, with, uh, with Gur on it. And I and she was like, I want to throw this fucking bag away because I never even liked this show. And I said, you can't throw this bag away. Do you have any idea like how th- if you left this bag outside by a sidewalk, some passing middle schooler is going to find it. And this is going to be their identity for the next six years. <laughs> you can't throw this bag away. And she said that she didn't believe that any anybody cared about Invader Zim anymore. And so... Did she not know there was a Netflix movie? We There's a fucking Netflix movie? Um, yeah, it actually... Andy, I also don't good. care about Invader Zim. Um, I was not an Invader Zim kid. Um, it was uh, two years ago, I think, it came out. Oh, wow. That is so recent. Holy shit. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a oh. big deal at the time for, yeah. like, kids who, you know, watched Nickelodeon yeah. in the 90s. Or for... Or for people who shopped at Hot Topic for a certain amount of time. Not Hot Topic now, Hot Topic for a certain amount of time. <laughs> P- yeah, people who ha- who wore the really big Jack Skellington t-shirts. Well, those are still a Hot Topic, why not? Um, so I, I we compromised and we hu- we left it outside near the... Hanging up on the, on the garbage bin. So that if no one picked it up, it would be thrown away still. The next day it was gone. Yep, yep, yep. And I was like, I told you, I fucking told you. But not only that, the next day, one of her friends came over and we told her what we did. And she was like, I want that bag. (laughs) I was like, I told you, people still care about this shit. Um, Why was I talking about Uh, this? Oh, right. I I think like 90s shit anyway. Yeah, there is some stuff. There's some stuff that I think just is like it just the aesthetic of it still resonates with teens. That is actually still off topic. All I wanted to mention was how insane this soundtrack is because it has yeah. nothing to do with Pokemon. It's not even there are songs. There are Pokemon songs, right? There are songs that they wrote <laughs> to like coincide with Pokemon. It's not even covers of those or anything. It's just pop songs. Oh, that's so funny. Um that's wild to me that they got Britney Spears and NSYNC on there like they got everyone. They must have had a deal with one or more uh, record companies. They are hedging their bets. Well, I think that's the idea, is they're trying to appeal to the lowest common denominator. Somebody is going to look at this and think, oh, I like this band. I will pick up this thing because I also like Pokemon. And so they'll sell it to everyone. Billy Piper sang one of these songs. Look, we can't be reading these off individually. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Direct Video. <laughs> VHS? VHS? I have been your host, Tony Robusto. I have been your host, Andy Reyes. You can find me on Twitter at Theorbats and uh, at InspiredByTrueEvents.org. You can find me on Twitter at Royalty underscore Valens, and you can also find me at my other podcast, Time Honored Pictures. Um, our next episode's probably going to be a long time in the barrel just because life is a little crazy right now, but uh, the... We were surprised by how much we liked the last one. So hopefully, maybe we're in a new era of Hollywood. Maybe movies are good now. Mm. Mm. 
Uh, you can find the podcast at direct2.video on your favorite podcast podcatcher thing, and you can rate us there. Tell everybody how great we are and how we got Pokemon wrong. We did it. We talked about Pokemon for almost three hours. <sighs> uh, thank you to Lee Rosevere for um, playing E off the album Trappist 1. I am way more excited to watch Detective Pikachu than I was to watch Pokemon the first movie. Uh, I'm probably about just as excited. I last watched Detective Pikachu as an adult, though, which means <laughs> that I don't think my opinion has changed very much on it. Um, I think I watched that movie, like, in the theater. I think I double-featured that movie with Aladdin. Hmm. So, it's been a while. Bewitched is also on this album. Okay. <laughs> I am the ghost of John Smith. <laughs> uh, blessed Union of Souls. Okay, okay. we're stopping. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> concerned i am talking to you over the computer again and i need us to not desync we don't desync when i'm on the phone i'm on my phone because after you mentioned that i was like oh actually that is a lot smarter you know, so my phone has a more stable connection i think it's a smarter move i'm gonna pull it up on my phone look who's not ready now yeah yeah <laughs>